0: Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the
1: radio. Hogan Johns. We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. Obsession. and obsessed. Anything that you do, if there's an obsession with it, you realize that obsession. good things come from that.
0: WGN Radio's very own Adam Hogan. Let loose and just have some fun as
1: you go about winning. And the Chicago Sun Times,
0: Adam Johns. Hot Rod, best seven, hot Rod. Bring you Chicago's best Bears coverage.
1: There's a different vibe around the building. Obsession. Everyone's just coming to work every day excited. Being obsessed. And that's what's all about and now
0: here they are perfection Hogan Johns what's up welcome in Hogan Johns episode 216
2: back from Orlando back from Atlanta
0: we've been traveling the United States
2: back in the northern burbs
0: at least the southeast portion of the United States yes where it was a lot warmer than here
2: actually I had a miserable few days in Florida Weatherwise,
0: yeah. So uh, that is something we call karma. Yeah. <laughs> because you came on this podcast and just bragged about how nice it was.
2: The first day I wore shorts and I got sunburned in my face. The last day it rained all day. And your shoes they, they got n- ruined, right? No, we, we, we saved them.
0: <laughs> okay, good. I'm yeah. glad.
2: We I'm may glad have may, we may have ruined a couple Spring Hill Suites towels, but they've been they were clean before they were packed.
0: All right. Um, well, you just—I'm just, just saying—you deserve what you got there. The rest of the week, fair enough. After bragging, uh, and then you came home and you got the polar vortex of the century, which I got to avoid. It was cold in Atlanta. Still, yes, yes, yes. It was no. It was like here. It was like normal Chicago winter down there.
2: Mm-hmm. Polar vortex overrated. Overrated. What
0: do you mean overrated? Not that bad?
2: Come on, yeah. Okay. I went outside like four or five times of the day it hit.
0: I did have to think, and obviously I, I haven't experienced negative 25. I don't know what that feels like with wind chills, negative 50. But I, I was sitting there thinking in Atlanta, I'm like, at some point, doesn't just like it, this cold reaches a point where it doesn't feel any different?
2: Yeah, no, I get that. Maybe your 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 nose, the inside of your nose, will freeze f- faster. Your 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 eyes will freeze faster. But that look, sounds terrible. Go start your cars. Go warm up your cars and get going with your day. I didn't get what the big deal was. Sounded like the run city. the water yeah. in your house so your pipes don't freeze. Come on, people. We've all been here before.
0: It sounded like the whole city shut down, though.
2: It did. Uh,
0: and Atlanta shut down on Tuesday because it rained. <laughs> I mean, I was having so much fun with that.
2: <laughs> I saw someone tweet a picture of like uh, like the sun. That yeah, day.
0: <laughs> I did that. Yeah, it was like oh, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. I got I, you know it was well maybe four by then anyway. I got back to my hotel, took a picture, perfect blue sky, no snow, nothing, no ice. I mean, it was in the 30s, but it had just rained in the morning. And
2: what was freezing was cool. rain, some sleet, nothing,
0: nothing. They, I mean, they were worried that it was going to be icy oh. because in the morning it was in the 40s and it was going to get gradually colder. So they thought the rain would turn to ice. And apparently the last time that happened, like five years ago, the whole city shut down because they don't have snow plows or salt trucks or anything like that. No, I get it. I kind of get it. And I think they were also paranoid because the Super Bowl was going on. The last thing they wanted was like, "We can't handle this." So they just were like, "Government offices closed, no school." And then, meanwhile, like it was just raining in the morning, <laughs> and then it stopped raining at noon. And then when it got cold, it was just sunny out, and it was like, "This, you guys are nuts."
2: Anyway. I was once caught in Raleigh, North Carolina, during a freak snowstorm back in my Blackhawks beat days,
0: in a hotel room with Jay Cutler and Mark Trussman.
2: No, no, okay. no, no. Come on. Blackhawks days, Blackhawks. I had this little. Do you
0: remember what I'm talking about, though, when Mark Tressman was like, I was in a hotel in Raleigh, North Carolina? No. How can you not remember that? It was like from his opening press conference when he took the job. He said he was in a hotel room with Jay Cutler in Raleigh, North Carolina uh-huh. back in the day. well oh,
2: I, I blacked out those memories. I, I, as I'm sure many of our listeners have as well.
0: Well,. I interviewed Jerry Rice last week and I brought up how Mark Trestman was his offensive coordinator in Oakland, and it was like he didn't remember it. <laughs> he was like, uh, yeah, I think so.
2: It's like Rich Gannon's best years of his career. <laughs>
0: anyway, did you have a story in there that you were about to tell? Uh, so I forget. Yeah. Now. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, this is 216, episode 216 of the Hogan Johns podcast. We are back. Um, thank you for those of you who put up with John's list episodes last week of Sports Central down in Radio Row.
2: You did a fantastic job, my friend.
0: Thank you. It was a busy week. Uh, quick plug, and then I promise I won't talk about it. Except we are going to bring some of this audio back. But
2: so not really, but yeah, not yes. really. But <laughs> so just bear with
0: me. Yeah, just bear with me. If you want to go back and listen to anything, it's on the Sports Central feed. I know a lot of our. Our Hogan Johns listeners were paying attention last week, so really appreciate that, um, and everything. You know, the cool thing about what happened last week is we spent so little time talking about the game, the Super Bowl, that is, and so much time talking about the Bears, that almost every single interview we did, it you can listen to it three weeks from now, and it'll still be relevant. You know, it was just like a lot of it was a recap of the Bears' season, or just different topics, so... If you missed any of this last week, go back. There's five episodes. They're all somewhere around an hour to an hour and a half um, and plenty of things they can go back and listen to. So um, thanks for those of you that listened live last week. Thanks to those of you who will still go back and find the podcast. Appreciate it. Um,
2: But it was a fun week. People forget that the buildup is also a buildup for the rest of the league. So much football conversation. So much football conversation during Radio Row, Everybody descends on whatever the host city is. Next year is Miami. that? can't wait. Going to Miami.
0: You going to pull that trip off? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm already
2: Atlanta, to- Miami, come on.
0: Well, the Bears are going to be playing
2: in the game next year anyway. Well, that'll make it easier. So. Be there for eight days, Might then. as well
0: spend two weeks in Miami. Yes. Get out there yes, early. Yes. Stay late.
2: Got a lot of good road trips in the 2019 season, my friend.
0: Yes, including London. Which I made friends with people from London. My neighbors on Radio Row were from the London sports radio station. No kidding. Yes.
2: Can we do a Hogan John's podcast live with them? Uh,
0: yes. Okay. Because this
2: make your business connections.
0: Will Gavin, who I didn't know who that was until last week, but he's you know a sports radio guy in the UK. Uh we, I interviewed him last week on Radio Row, and I told him, I'm like, we got all these Hogan Johns listeners that are in the U.K. We hear from them all the time. They're excited, um, and he and then he was talking about how many Bears fans there are in the U.K., and I was like, the second they announced the game, we had all these listeners that wanted us to come to a pub and do a, a live show, and he's like, let's do it. We'll figure it out. We'll do it together. It'll be awesome. So our guy, Will Gavin, you can follow him on Twitter at Will Gavin Absolutely. G A V, I made some friends. I'm starting the prep. Oh,
2: I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I was there by myself. All phone. jokes aside, absolutely we're doing a live show from a London pub. How could we not?
0: We gotta yeah, we gotta get on that. We'll work it out. It's gonna happen. I heard the game's gonna be at Wembley, not the new Tot, tot Tottenham Stadium.
2: Okay. Does it make a difference to us? Wembley's well, bigger. The,
0: the new I, just, I guess it doesn't because I've never been to Wembley anyway. But that new stadium is supposed to be sweet. So, By the way, that's not for sure. It's just how it's currently slated. There, Things could move around a little bit. Um, so, anyway.
2: Let's talk some ball.
0: Talk some ball. What do you think about the game?
2: See, I don't mind defensive battles. But even that defensive battle lacked... It was just boring. Uh, Yeah. Like, there weren't any... Like, Like, I want sacks. I want strip sacks. I want a couple picks. Like, picks that are returned. Other than Tom Brady's first awful pass. But, yeah. It was boring.
0: It kind of reminded me of the Bears-Rams game. Because, you know, in Chicago, it was still exciting. Because, there's like, Patriots fans love... Yeah, but there was
2: a lot of turnovers that game. But
0: but what I'm saying is, Patriots fans loved the game the other night. Because their team won the game. Absolutely. And they, you know, okay. So, New England liked the game. But I'm talking about how maybe the rest of the country viewed the Rams-Bears game. You know, it was... I know what you're saying. It was that neither quarterback played well in that game. Jared Goff was bad in that game. The offense wasn't really there. And the Bears were pretty much from start to finish a better team. Like, that's how the Super Bowl was the other night. You know, there was really nothing exciting. Defenses came to play. And uh, even though it wasn't a blowout, the Patriots
2: were clearly the better team. See, the Chicagoan in me can naturally appreciate some defensive strategy. It's just in my makeup. Mm -hmm. I played it as a kid throughout high school, all that too. Defensive side of the ball. You still, you wanted to see a few more big plays, even if it was a punt return. There are so many punts, you think someone will break one eventually for 50 yards or, or, or whatnot. There just wasn't enough big plays for me. But again, I still appreciate some of the defensive strategy.
0: But then it was like annoying when uh, Roby Coleman sniffs out that screen and then they flag him for. Uh, oh, defenseless,
2: the high the high tackle, like okay, the high tackle on Rex Burkhead. Yeah,
0: that should not there shouldn't be a defenseless receiver behind the line, line of scrimmage, like because you're penalizing the guy for sniffing out the screen.
2: Yes, that's yes. not fair. No, I didn't like that.
0: Yeah. You know, and those are the defensive plays that I can appreciate. Or when there was a couple times like Aaron Donald was in the backfield in like a quarter second. Yeah. Some of that stuff was cool, but th- let's throw in some offensive plays here and there. You know, Jared Goff hits.
2: But but the like the one cool moment for me with with Aaron Donald specifically, Aaron Donald is when he finally got to Tom Brady, but the ball was gone, and he threw him violently. Yeah. He flipped him around. And, I'm surprised
0: and, that wasn't a flag. Yeah,
2: and violently threw him to the ground, which I, I love that. That, that, that he did that with purpose, with mean intentions. I love that. But wow. there was wow, You that, hate Tom Brady? No, no. I just think that's how football naturally should be played, my friend. But that was it. That's my one memory of Aaron Donald in in that football game. I don't think that's good for the Rams or Aaron Donald. But that's all I can remember. Yes, he was in the backfield in, in some place quickly. Well, it's like but a, getting to Tom Brady. That was it.
0: It's it's goes back to the Bears game. I mean, I I think that. The Patriots used a lot of that tape because the Rams played okay defensively against the Bears, but Aaron Donald was a non-factor.
2: The Bears took him out. On the other side of the ball, in Pat Finley's story, I want to say it was like paragraph 15 or something like that, he talked to uh, Andrew Whitworth, the Rams' offensive tackle. They, He said, according to him, Andrew Whitworth, that – the the Patriots used nearly the exact same game plan that the Bears had for them. What was that at Soldier Field in the cold? A lot of stunts inside, a lot of movement inside, some zone defense, and a little blending in man worked. Vic Fangio did something right to figure out the Rams.
0: He he did, he did. It felt like that watching the game.
2: Well, I, I felt like when that week against the Bears, they were exposed. You sell out to stop the run and Todd Gurley and make Jared Goff beat you. They have good receivers, not elite special receivers. You make him read the field. That's what the Bears did. You get pressure in Jared Goff, fred him a little bit, make him beat you. He hasn't proven he can do it yet.
0: I was disappointed in Jared Goff because I thought he actually played pretty well against the Saints. I was impressed. They're down 13 nothing in the Superdome. Nothing's going their way. It's loud. Yeah. And he played well the last three quarters. He, it, even though they got some help from the officials in the end, he played pretty well.
2: And I, They had the running game going a little bit. Did they not? C.J. Anderson? Yeah. 250-pound C.J.
0: Anderson. I'm not going to lie. I stuck with the Rams as my pick just because it was my preseason pick. I didn't feel good about it knowing that Gurley was not going to be 100%. Anybody who thought Gurley was going to be 100% going to that game is an idiot.
2: Sorry. Yeah, what is up with that, by the way? Has any reports come out since then?
0: No, but I'm sure it will. I'm sure he's like – I honestly couldn't remember. what. One of the many guests I talked to last week basically said on the interview that he thinks he has a torn something in his knee. And I think we'll find that he probably has something in his knee. And here's the thing about the injury report. So a lot of people are like, well, why didn't they report it? Why was he on the injury report? Why was he a full participant? Well, heres the, they're not really practicing this time of year. No. And all you, it's a very vague description. You have to practice the normal amount of reps to be designated as a full participant in practice. Well, if he's hurt and they dial back the playbook for him, and he's only supposed to be out there for 20 reps because that's the game plan. They can finagle the rules to where, well, Todd Gurley practiced every single rep that we had slotted. I for feel,
2: him. I feel like the Patriots have done this in the past exactly. with some of their players. I'm
0: sure and they're, they're
2: all glorified walkthroughs at this point, anyway.
0: Look, there was, there were pool reporters in the Super Bowl practices. There's video that they can go back and look at if there's really going to be some kind of investigation into the injury report. But my guess is Todd Gurley's been hurt. They've dialed back. Has been hurt for a while. Since at least the Eagles game. Since at least the Eagles game, which was the week after the Bears game. And maybe it happened against the Bears and we just didn't know it. But in the middle of that Eagles game, he was all of a sudden on the sideline in third quarter. And I remember this vividly because I needed like another 10 fantasy points out of him to advance in the playoffs. And I'm like, you better get your (laughs) butt back on the field. And he did, and he ended up scoring a touchdown. Um, But then people forget, he sat out the next two games, and then they had a bye. So he had like a month off. Because some people on Twitter were like, well, why was he so good against the Cowboys then? Well, he had a month off before that game. And then a week later against the Saints, he wasn't the same guy again. Obviously, he's dealing with soreness in that knee. So two weeks before the Super Bowl, probably still not enough time to to feel great. I think it's pretty obvious what's going on with Todd Gurley. And I think we're going to find out more you know, in terms of what kind of injury he had. And um, maybe the Rams get in trouble with the rules, but I don't think they will. They lost. And they lost anyway. So I don't think Bill Belichick really cares.
2: The NFL, by all accounts and purposes, already gave them their call anyway. What do you mean? Saints.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: They already gave them their freebie, anyway. Oh, the Patriots. Did you see our Kevin Fishbane got in uh, Twitter trouble? Can we call it Twitter trouble? Or, or in
0: Twitter? I did not see this.
2: I don't want to say Twitter trouble, but he he started a conversation on Twitter by comparing what Trubisky did in week. What was that? Seven? Against the Patriots? Against the Patriots, Patriots to oh. what Jared Goff did. Okay. Yes. Even Mark Potash had to get in there, throw a little shade. Of course. Oh.
0: well, an argument with Potashy—that's not tr- Twitter trouble. No, that's just like a Wednesday.
2: Yes, <laughs> it's every day. What do you think? What was about the problem? Kevin just threw out his stats. Just, it, it just pure statistical. Was Mitch better? I feel like he was better. Oh, he scored three times. Yeah, he was pretty good yeah, that two, game. Threw touchdown passes and ran for one. Okay, remember that was the the wild. One in the, the red zone where he ran right. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, couldn't,
0: yeah. they couldn't stop him on the ground that yes, game. Yes, That's
2: right. I think he had 81, 82 yards rushing that game. Look, the, the context of it is different, but I, I will say this. I don't know if Trubisky would have been better overall, but I think he would have been more of a threat because he's more mobile.
0: Uh, that is one golf. advantage he has on golf.
2: Yes, yes. And I think it's a considerable advantage for... A lot of quarterbacks, especially with how fast some of these defenses are.
0: Based on what I saw from Goff down the stretch, if the Bears are in this serious position next year to make a run, and they were this year, Trubisky needs to be better than that for sure. And I'm not just talking about Super Bowl. I'm I'm talking about the whole playoffs. Yeah, you know, like I'm talking more about like the ascension of his career. He needs to be at a higher point. So This was Goff's third year, so next year playoffs would be the same spot Goff was in this year for Trubisky. He needs to be a better player. He needs to be higher on that scale. And honestly, I think there's a good chance he will. I mean, just look at what he did against the Eagles.
2: I'll say this. As as much as the Bears and Rams are compared and contrasted, all that, their offenses are are considerably different just in terms of the the amount of play action. The Rams run and how. The
0: Rams are a heavier run team. Yes,
2: and how married their pass game is to their run game. Their pass game does not work well at all if that run game is stopped. The Bears did not have a run game, and they still passed the ball. Great, no, but effective enough, outstanding in some games, but overall efficient, effective, I should say, overall without having a consistent run game this year. Different offenses.
0: Yeah, I mean the 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 Rams not having Gurley, is, I, I honestly think they win the game if Gurley's hundred percent. He's such a difference maker. Yeah, he is such a difference maker. He's so important in that offense. And and this,
2: you don't think the Patriots could have stopped him?
0: I don't think so. Actually, if you watch the Patriots this year, they struggled a lot of times with running backs coming out of the backfield, um, wheel routes, things like that, catching the football, stopping them. And I think the issue with Gurley, if he could get a handoff and there's a hole right in front of him, and he could run straight. He still had enough speed. I'm guessing whatever issues in his knee is affecting his lateral movement. His change of direction. And being able to cut and things like that, which when you're running routes, you need to be able to do. Because that seemed to be, if you go back and watch the run plays when they actually had Gurley in the game, it wasn't a whole lot of that. It was run between the tackles and go. So, yeah, I think I think he would have completely stressed the defense, different. And and just being on the field makes such a big difference. But I think the Patriots knew going into that game, they didn't really have to worry about them. It's That is an unbelievable... It's like when we talk about Trey Burton's absence against the Eagles and how much that changed things. That's Trey Burton. No offense to him. We're talking about Todd Gurley. Yeah. And I, Trey Burton was one of the interviews we had last week on Radio Row, and he kind of, for the first time, went into a little bit about how... Yeah, not being on the field. Malcolm Jenkins was supposed to be
2: covering him. and you know. Now he was doubling Tariq Cohen. Yeah, it, it made a big difference. Yes, yes. A couple of criticisms of the Rams then. You had two weeks to figure out what to do with your offense if Todd Gurley wasn't healthy. You had even longer to try to find a better option than C.J. Bubble Bud Anderson. <laughs> with all due respect. He actually played quite well in some games. Uh, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's not the same. I know. I, I, I know. Yeah. Re- replacing a Todd Gurley is impossible. But you can try to do something better, can you not? Change. Survive. Adapt. Yes.
0: All right. Matt Nagy, Coach of the Year. Turned out he ran away with the award.
2: Should have.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, but I did find it interesting that Frank Reich was actually third and not first. So, but good for him. Um, One thing I wanted to bring up from last week's interviews, something that I hadn't really thought about this way, but I had a chance to talk to John Clayton, who, you know, the professor from ESPN all those years. Now he's uh, hosting a daily radio show in Seattle and writing a column for the Washington Post. Still very, very involved in the league and uh, has a vote for coach of the year and – told me that he voted for, for Matt Nagy. Um, and I hadn't really thought about it this way, but he, here's part of his reasoning for why he certainly thought uh, that Matt Nagy was Coach of the Year.
3: Here's John Clayton. This is really obscure, which, of course, that's, I'm the king of obscure. <laughs> but it's like you can actually say that he may have changed the league as much as any coach in the last year as anybody. And the reason I say that is that he has two products that he's been able to turn. One was Patrick Mahomes and two was Mitchell uh, Trubisky. Yeah. Okay, here's a story on because again this I mean I know this story. I heard it from their coaches and what happened was Matt Nagy had a man crush in his last year at Kansas City on uh, Patrick Mahomes. And so what he would do is that he would make every coach watch every Texas Tech game they could. You know, They'd be in meetings on Saturday and Texas Tech games were going to be out there and he was watching Mahomes. And then all of a sudden the assistant general manager became a big fan. The assistant coaches became a big fan. They talked Andy Reid into becoming a big fan and they stunned everybody by trying, trading up with Buffalo to the pen, 10th pick and getting Patrick Mahomes and changing the world because now you can see Patrick Mahomes is the best young quarterback in the game. He's fantastic oh, yeah. and he's got multiple Super Bowls. So credit that in part to Matt
2: Nagy. Did I hear multiple Super Bowls? Yeah,
0: I think he's predicting multiple Multiple Super Bowls. Okay, yeah. I I think he misspoke a little bit, but the story in there that I had not heard...
2: Yes, that's a new one.
0: ...is Matt Nagy, this is going back a couple years when Mahomes was still at Texas Tech, would watch every Texas Tech game on Saturday and make these other assistants watch Texas Tech games. That's how much he loved Patrick Mahomes. And he, based on that story from John Clayton, played a major role yeah. in convincing everyone within the Chiefs organization to trade up a considerable jump to number 10 from where they were. Weren't
2: they like 24 or something? Yeah,
0: mid to late 20s to go up and get him Now, this is always interesting when I hear stuff about the Chiefs and Mahomes and Trubisky because I had, I had heard – Immediately following that draft, and I think I've talked about this before, i written about it, and later it's been confirmed that Trubisky was actually the top quarterback they had on their board. But that doesn't really jive with that story about Matt Nagy's love for Mahomes, except for the fact that Nagy's still the offensive coordinator. He's not the general manager. So obviously I think there was some differing opinions and notice that Clayton mentioned the assistant general manager, not the GM, which at the time was John Dorsey. Dorsey. Brett Veach was, I believe. Rumor
2: has it John Dorsey had an infatuation, a man crush. We should use John Clayton's words on oh, Trubisky.
0: On Trubisky. So that may be the difference of opinion. Yes. Um. So maybe Trubisky was the top guy on their board. Yes. Because the general man, general manager, ultimately makes the you know the decision. But there was also obviously love for Mahomes since they went up and got him yeah. after Trubisky was off the board. So
2: a, it, a couple thoughts on this: coaches and scouts scout players differently. Yes, there's some similarities in what they look for. The the scouts are supposed to identify characteristics and players that the coaches want, right? Especially if an organization is working well. But coaches other than maybe combine interviews or visits, they don't go into the school and spend time talking to everybody and anybody they can to get any information they can. They don't go digging up the dirt on campus. They don't do that. A lot of it is film work. A lot of it is maybe that 15 minute interview that they have, you know, maybe if it's, maybe it's that private workout flying out to North Carolina, but the scout research is always a little bit more substantial than the coach research, you know, especially usually the, the, the GM and, and the scouts will bring in the coach, you know, to, to gain more information and gain more insight. Um, two, I, I don't think this should be viewed as any type of criticism of, of Trubisky. Um, not at all. No, no, okay, just so we're clear. Yeah, well, to, yeah. I
0: wrote about this in my 10 Bears Sings column, uh, which is up basically everything I learned at the Super Bowl last week, and the way I presented it was more so just like. Clayton brought it up because he he's giving Nagy credit for having such a big impact on two of these young quarterbacks yeah. at the same time. We're both in the Pro Bowl where you were last week in Orlando. So I just think it gives him credibility for what he's doing with Trubisky. And and I believe he also liked Trubisky a lot. Yeah, I just think he liked Mahomes a little bit more based on what we've learned, which is fine. But there's no questioning like Trubisky; otherwise, he wouldn't
2: have taken the bear job. He could have gone to Indianapolis and been with Andrew Andrew Luck. Luck. Yeah, Yeah. here's the thing about. Here's my third and final thought about this. People around the league were concerned about Patrick Mahomes and what he would be at this level. I was concerned. Yeah, you you mentioned Andrew Luck. Like Andrew Luck was Peyton Manning, the second coming of Peyton Manning, the the legitimate, unquestioned. Number one overall pick as a quarterback. The best player on everybody's boards. That was not the case for Patrick Mahomes. He was erratic at Texas Tech. Immense talent. Questions about whether he could put it all together. Questions about him being a leader and all that stuff. Immense questions about that. Immense talent. A lot of questions. So... He wasn't the the Andrew Luck like draft Pick, the the no brainer. People forget that. Yes, he looks amazing right now. Yes, he deserves to be the league MVP. But coming out a couple of years ago, there were a lot of questions about him. A yeah. lot of questions. Uh,
0: another one of the interviews. I'm, we're not going to play in this, but you can go back and find it. But Mahomes' agent Lee Steinberg, you know, also when Jerry in, went into some detail about you know Nagy's impact on Mahomes, and then also had some very nice things to say about Trubisky too. So. Uh, it, it's worth going back and listening to as well. Uh, the uh, the kicker thing's not going any, away anytime soon.
2: Can't kick it to the curb yet. <laughs> Try to find a better joke.
0: Yeah, that wasn't great. No. It wasn't great. No. Um, but how great is it that they signed a kicker that has a double doink?
2: Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> a little side note about this conversation about that. We could not remember the guy's name. It's Redford Jones. Yes, before the show started. <laughs> What's his name? Redford Jones. He sounds like a cowboy. From Tulsa. Yeah, no, Makes sense. There you go. Yeah. I yeah. don't know where
0: he's really from, but that's where he played college. But he makes his double doinks. <laughs> they go in.
2: <laughs> what are the odds?
0: Yo, that's almost like a... Should we not sign this guy just because there's video of him double-toinking?
2: Yeah, so Pat Finley wrote the the quick Bear's Sign Redford Jones story. So many people read it. Cody Parkey's not going anywhere oh, yet. No, he's, is, he's still under contract. You know, they. Th- this is just... A,
0: I had a station in Melbourne, Australia that walked up to me on Radio Row last week and said, are you from Chicago? Would you... In, of course, I can't do an Australian action.
2: But what are you day, mate? like to come down under. <laughs> Whoa. We, we want to talk. We, they want to talk. Good
0: do, day, mate. They want to talk double doink. <laughs> That's what they want to talk yeah, about. Yeah. And I, I, so it was the double doink heard around the world. Just ask
2: Parky. Apparently, he's available for interviews outside team <laughs> sanctions.
0: Mixed opinions on that last week, oh. for sure. Um, but. The whole Robbie Gold conversation. He's uh, he's making it very clear that he wants to come back to Chicago. Yes. Um, so he, he stopped by on Radio Row last week. I'm play just a little bit of uh, this interview. Uh, because I find it interesting, and I find the circumstances interesting. One thing that is on the table, though, that people can't forget, is technically the 49ers could franchise tag him. Which makes all this a moot point. So, I asked Robbie about that last week if the 49ers could use the franchise tag.
1: They could. I mean, um, who knows what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Uh, Like I said, I have the ability to talk to the 49ers uh, for up until free agency, right? And. If that doesn't work out, then they could use a tag if they want, right? Obviously, I'd like to be in the place that I'm going to play for longer than one year again, just uh, if it works out that way. But if not, it's the business of football. And um, if that does happen for some reason, then um, the CBA does grant me opportunities that I can stay around my family for a long time. So, uh, you know, those are things that I'll have to take into account, and um, we'll kind of taking it day by day and figure that out when that happens so regardless of if if it's this spring or in the future i mean you've made it
0: very clear both sitting down here and i know you talked to dan pompey that you you want to retire a bear you want to be you know back in the organization somehow are are there any fences that need to be
1: mended there not really at all i mean what fence hey Erlacher, i love your hair you're looking great who would have thought who would have thought you would have more hair than me at this age (laughs) who would have thought you would have more hair than me at this age Retirement's been good to you, gold jacket, hair. I mean, this guy's amazing. Brian Urlacher walking by us here.
0: We're gonna hear from Brian Urlacher soon, by the way, guys. Here, right here on the show.
1: Um, yeah. So you know, I think. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's any fences that need mended. I mean, it's a business, right? And that, that's the hardest part for I think fans and and players uh, to understand is that's what it is, right? At the end of the day, and you know, some things you can control, some things you can't, but um i'm grateful for my time in chicago uh my heart uh still lives in chicago i still have a lot of affinities to the family and want mrs mccaskey and her family to hold up a super bowl trophy one day and um i think uh you know whatever happens down the road with whether it's free agency or coming back in some other capacity to be around the organization you know i'd always be open to it so there's a little uh inside of the craziness on Radio Row because Erlacher
0: walked by right in the middle of the interview.
2: Bold prediction. Yes. Two years from now. Maybe yeah. a year from now. Maybe in a few months from now. 294. It's going to be filled with restored uh. advertisements. But erlacher has gone. Ryan Sandberg is gone.
0: And it's Robbie, Robbie Gold. Gold.
2: That's a good prediction. And there could be so many uh, slogans or whatever, whatever, whatever advertisers use Double doinking, double doinking his way back or, you know, <laughs> hair is better. than
0: it is. You know what I mean? The Golden Dome. Yeah, something like that. That's a good bold prediction. Bold predictions. Mark it down. I like it.
2: Uh, of course, there's no offenses to be mended here because the guys that uh, ruin Robbie Gold's fence are no longer here. Yeah.
0: But does that mean the Bears will sign him?
2: I don't know. I don't know. I uh, just, you would think the 49ers would have, just, just reading or, or hearing what Robbie Gold has been saying, they would seem, you would think they would have a good idea of how Robbie Gold feels about Chicago and how he wants to return. So maybe they will be wise and not use their franchise tag on him and yeah, we'll, we'll see. A lot to play out still. It is February.
0: And I'm not going to pretend to know every single detail about what's going on in San Francisco right now, but my understanding is they don't really have a whole lot of franchise tag candidates. You use the tag, you're overpaying for a kicker. But if you use the tag on anybody, you're overpaying at that position. And so it's still way cheaper to tag a kicker than obviously a quarterback or any other position.
2: So they're in, what, year three of the John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan era? Correct. Is this... They got a lot of cap room. I mean, kicker could be part of that for sure. That's what I'm saying. But, but I think, w- would they be wise to spend it elsewhere? Like a considerable amount elsewhere.
0: But if you're not going to be up against the cap, you think you're going to be good, you don't have any other obvious tag candidates. And maybe they do, but I, I was kind of briefly told that it doesn't look that way. Um... Then I don't. Then you can you can stomach tagging a kicker for a year. Why create another problem? That's how I looked at the Bears extending Bobby Massey, which we haven't gotten into really yet. But he's not an all pro. But why create another problem? He's yeah. been pretty steady over there, right tackle.
2: He can still play. Some games he's better than steady.
0: Yeah, and, and so because the problem is once you get good, now the hard part starts for the general manager. 'Cause now you gotta fit all these contracts within the cap. You're gonna have to pay Trubisky, you're gonna have to pay Eddie Jackson, you're gonna have to pay Tariq Cohen. You know, all these contracts are gonna be up, and so don't create extra problems. You can't have all pros at every single position. You can re sign a guy like Bobby Massey and remember, they don't have draft picks either. I started doing Bears Mock Draft 1.0. There's four picks. There Maybe a fifth. The conditional on uh, DeAndre Hall trade. Remember that one?
2: Oh, I think they got it. Yeah. Is that confirmed? Yeah. I saw a report out of Philly that they got it. Okay. Should be confirmed soon by the league, right? Don't they? I did,
0: yeah, I was waiting on that because I'm like, honestly, I was doing Bears Mock Draft 1.0 and I'm like, am I doing four or five picks? DeAndre Hall. Wow. Right?
2: Where is he? is he still in Philly? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I think he is. Okay, I think he is, but yes, why create another issue for yourself? Reliable so player? Just,
0: that's how the 49ers could look at their kicker position right now. Mm.
2: I think he's coming back. You do, yes, okay. You don't?
0: I'm like 50 50. I just, it seems, uh. Seems like the obvious move. I think I've called it the easiest no brainer yeah, decision and, and in the, and history makes of the Bears.
2: Too much sense not to. Even if you're looking at it selfishly, if if you're the Bears. Like you make this move. You can't look, it made sense to everybody. You brought back the best kicker in franchise history, who has been excellent since you cut him last time, wants to come back. If he stinks, I don't think he would stink if he if he returns. Then you know what? Hey, you gave it almost your best shot here. That would be your best shot.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the other. And then the other side of it is if you don't bring him
2: back, and you you go through your Connor Bart's, you go through your Carlos Santos, and your
0: and your and your Redford Jones, right?
2: Come on, that guy's not making the team. And uh, Carlos Santos.
0: I'm just saying, like whatever it ends up with, if your kicker next year is bad and it's not Robbie Gold, yes, you are going to get. It's like the whole thing over. Yes, like yes. right now Ryan Pace's biggest blunder is the kicker. Yes, yes. So if you have a chance to re-sign the guy you screwed up by not by by cutting and you don't do it and then you still have the problem. I mean, it's like the it's like it all happened again.
2: Yes. The only thing I'm sure that is holding them back right now is the finances of this. You don't have a lot of salary cap room, but as you saw in the structure of the Bobby Massey contract in all contracts, really, that the Bears have done with Joey Lane, you can structure this to give yourselves outs, to make it affordable right. for 2019, to give yourself more money in the books in 2020 when you have more salary cap flexibility. You can make this work. You definitely can make this work. Don't forget Roberto Aguayo was here. Oh my Mike God. Nugent was here. Am I missing anybody?
0: Probably, but I can't remember. Roberto Aguayo. Now that is a bust.
2: Yes. Second round pick, was it not? Holy.
0: Yeah, that is. A lot of teams learned a lesson there, I think. Wow. Anything else we should get to?
2: No. <laughs> no? There's
0: been a lot of stuff. It's
2: good to see you, my friend.
0: I know. I got to get back to like life at some point.
2: Life on Radio Row. is Bill's.
0: There. I got a dentist's appointment, but you know, there's like general life things happening. Yes, yes. At some you point, just can't I
2: can't be to... living on the uh, company dime in Atlanta. I did curl last night. Like curls or like curling? Curling.
0: Yeah. Oh. Monday Night League. That's what you call That's it. where it's at. I'm going to go curl. Yeah. <laughs> My arms are sore. <laughs> All that sweeping. Oh,
2: so you are technically still curling?
0: Yeah, no. I, it's real curling.
2: Does the saying curls for the girls still apply to curling?
0: I don't know what that is. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's curling season.
0: Football's over. Get with it. Okay. Get with it.
2: I'll come out there one day. You, you, should. you in the league? I'll try. You can stop by. Okay. They have fun. A, yeah. yeah.
0: Seriously, they have family and friends events and learn the curls.
2: No, I, I would want instruction from you.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I can do that. Okay. I'll say this. It's it's not a hard sport to get going. Like, to be able to just do it yeah. and participate, it's incredibly hard to be good at it. Yes. Kind of like golf. Yes. You can get on a golf course
2: have a couple and, of good and holes. have
0: fun for 18 holes. It's incredibly hard to be good at, though. Yes. Right? So that's kind of the equivalent.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay, and then there's some people who just can't swing a golf club, and they'll never will. And there's some people that can't figure out how to stand on ice without falling down. So there's a rare, there's like five percent of the population that probably can't do it. Maybe a little bit more, but you could easily get out there and within 20 minutes be able to throw a rock into the house. I I
2: are kept confident. Are you throw a rock into the house? Yes. This is curling verbiage. Yes. Have you like? Have you never watched the Olympics? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I know you have some type of curling fetish. (laughs) Fetish? It's a a sport. It's a fetish. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. I'm sorry I went down this road. Yes, yes, yes. I. I, We got to get you out to the curling club now. Yes,
2: yes. If your arms are sore, (laughs) I must partake.
0: You laugh now do it one time you will you Have will, you
2: seen some of these guys that partake in you curling? You'll have
0: sore muscles that you didn't even know existed in your body. I I promise you,
2: curling muscles. Yes. Okay. Okay. You got a very serious look on your face.
0: I I have very serious pain in my shoulder right now.
2: <laughs> and this is how podcast 216 will end.
0: Something like that. Yeah. It was a good episode. It was fun. Yes. It was a fun, fun week. If I can find our clothes, there it is. All right. We're only a few weeks from the Combine.
2: How about that? Ooh. Is that our next show? We'll do one before this.
0: I think we'll probably do one before that. It's
2: draft season. Yeah. Draft the, season. The team we cover doesn't have a first-round pick or a second-round pick. But no
0: uh, Bears mock draft 1.0. It's a Tuesday after the Super Bowl. It'll be out at some point today. But it's really weird. No first-round pick, no second-round pick. I seriously got to figure out if I'm doing four or five picks. <laughs> it's the seventh round. Who cares? Yes. It's the seventh round.
2: Hey, uh, Julian Edelman was a seventh-round pick. Tom Brady was Super the sixth Bowl round MVP, pick. yeah.
0: Yeah. I, it does matter, I guess. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hoke, at Adam Johns. Read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears, my 10 Bears things. Everything from the Super Bowl is up there can find the interviews uh sports central wgn sports central same way you find hogan johns search wgn sports central search hogan johns subscribe rate and review we appreciate you doing that appreciate all our listeners thanks for staying with us last week uh as we sort of skip super bowl week but we're back with you now we'll be back in a week or two as well talk to you soon. Hello everyone, this is Al Riveron. No.